This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, big workplace moves, big sporting events and big relationship news. Yeah, what a week. We'll get in behind Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews' decision to leave that top job, now the former Premier, of course. Uh, Also, those messages that has seen one of our top security officials stand aside. Uh, And there are three grand finals to get excited about. Claire, the relationship news we refer to is not our relationships, but of course that news about Taylor Swift's possible new relationship. Let's get into it. Most click linked from the Squiz Today newsletter this week was to the Brownlow red carpet. Nothing like a good gallery. Yeah, and early in the week too. I reckon if you did a diagram with the quadrants, the red carpet gallery index, very high reception because it landed early in the week. So you're saying that you want lighter red carpet news early in the week? I value it more on a Monday than I would on a Friday. Okay, I see what you're saying. I'm yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of following you, but yeah, I got it. If you want to have a look at the galleries, if you've missed the red carpets though, and if you want it at the end of your week, that's fine. And we've got a link to all of those in your episode notes. There'll be more on the footy, as I said, itself a bit later in the episode. To the biggest story this week though, Claire, Daniel Andrews, gone. Yep. Gone indeed. And this is one of those ones where you texted me. I didn't get to text you about this. Oh, breaking news. I know, breaking news. We were both working from home on Tuesday. So it was a bit of a surprise. But the gist of it is that he went to the state election in November. Uh, He did that last year saying that he was intending on doing a full term. Mm. He would get to 2026. Uh, But 10 months in, it's his time to go, he says. Yeah, it's 10 months since that state election. The journos certainly zeroed in on that point. They said that he said he was going to stay, but he hasn't. He says he changed his mind, that it's time to put his family first. Bit of a cliche. Yeah, bit of a cliche, the quitting a big job to spend more time with family. Uh, Of course, it can be code for other issues like underperformance in a role, also reading the headwinds and thinking that your fortunes are about to change. And I guess we don't really want to get into the assessment of Andrews. I'm very annoyed at him though, Claire, (laughs) because I predicted to you only recently that he would resign in early 2024. He's gone earlier than I thought. I didn't get to put my prediction like on a podcast or in writing. Can you verify that I predicted this? Well, I don't know. I'll oh, come to, on. I'll have to search my memory for that. <laughs> Look, I'll give you that one <laughs> for sure. I can't wait for you now. You've got a few well, weeks really to come up with one when we get to the end of the year to talk about what your prediction yeah, for 2024 prediction between, is. Now I'm going to have to change it. That was my prediction. <laughs> anyway, whatever you think about Andrews, the facts are clear that Victoria has Australia's highest debt. It's heading towards $240 billion in about four years' time. Victorians also pay the highest taxes in the country. That's a combination of federal and state taxes, of course. Yeah, and of course, when you get into the commentary about all of that, there really is this sort of strong line through from the Andrews government to the kind of decisions that they make. They've been a very big spending government. Of course, they would say they've had big challenges as well with COVID and the decisions that they took through that. The Victorian economy, of course, took a really big hit when it came to those really hard lockdowns. And when you get sort of back to exactly why maybe he has gone, kind of feels a bit like New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and her 
resignation earlier this year. I got a text from a mate this week actually saying, this feels a bit Jacinda Ardern. Yeah, right. And I mean, the same reasons, and, and we're not saying that those aren't the reasons that these people have stood aside, family and, and you know, time and all of those things. Done it for you know, a long Done time. it for a long time, mm. all of that. Um, the difference, I guess, between her and Daniel Andrews is that she left 10 months out from an election, not just after an election. Yeah, exactly. And there were lots of conversations about Ardern and steering that Labor ship to a loss. And actually, when you look at how the current Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, is going, that loss is on the cards. Mm. Certainly they've got an election coming up very soon. It's the 14th of October, so the same day as our referendum. We won't have long to wait to see whether Labor will actually lose over there. I looked over at Claire's desk earlier today onto her um, computer <laughs> and I saw uh, the House of Reps for yep. New Zealand yep. on your computer screen and you were doing the numbers <laughs> on how many seats they had to win and how many seats they had to lose. It was well, all happening. Yeah, and on the current polls there from New Zealand, Labor's going to lose half their seats. So it's really interesting. It will be interesting. And as you say, only a couple of weeks away. From Jacinda to Jacinta. Mm. How about that? Yeah, nice segue. The Victoria's new Premier is who I'm talking about, Jacinta Allen. She um has to steady the ship, I guess, Claire. It's a big job and big shoes to fill because Daniel Andrews has been such a big character. Mm. So now that he's gone, you create this vacuum and she has to assert herself and her own policy agenda and bring a lot of people along with her. She's been in politics since she was 25, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah, really long time. She's 50 now. Yeah, just turned 50 last week. It was um, 24 years, I think they're talking about her being in politics so that kind of makes sense um yeah it's she's been around a long time she's been around a long time she was also um and people may know her face and particularly those outside of victoria for being the minister in charge of that com games uh decision also she's been in charge of transport she's had a long career um and certainly a big big job claire that was the biggest serious news story this week yes. and i'm not saying this one's not serious <laughs> But the actual biggest news story this week was Taylor Swift going to an NFL match. <laughs> Lots of pictures. Oh, you so only have to pictures. open the social media app and see it everywhere. So this is a reference to her attending an NFL match, so football in yep. America, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chicago Bears. It was irrelevant. Chicago Bears are irrelevant. Don't worry about them. <laughs> Kate, she was there to watch a boy. She was there to watch a boy and, look, it, this isn't according to us that this is the biggest story. This is what the data says, so it's important that we cover it. We talked about how we would talk about this, Claire, and we decided that there are about a million podcasts you can <laughs> listen to to get a full deep dive on this whole thing. If you like us and you just want the top line so that you can participate in conversations. Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? This is it. Taylor Swift is one of the most famous people in the world. Yep. She's recently-ish single. Yeah. So she's single at the moment, or maybe she's not. Travis Kelsey is one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah. And on top of that, he's a big personality in the US. He's a big deal in sport, a yeah. really big deal in America. Seemingly now they're dating. You said to me, Kate, I guess there's sort of this sort of melding of these two genres. We've got pop culture and sport and music all coming together. So it's people who know a lot about sport will know a lot about him. People who know a lot about Taylor Swift will know a lot about her. This story brings all of us together. It's got something for everyone. <laughs> and if you like a bit of celebrity gossip, please enjoy. <laughs> 
Claire, in this next segment, we'll do three stories people might have missed this week. We do this from time to time. The first goes to the deep, dark depths of the public service. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt many listening who work in our public service, and we know there's a lot of you out there, will know what I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah, so these are the leaked text messages between guy called Mike Pizzullo and a guy called Scott Briggs. Um, Mike Pizzullo, of course, is the Departmental Secretary of the Home Affairs Department. It's a massive department, this one. It's got immigration, ASIO, the Federal Police, Austrac, so money laundering, big security agency. Uh, And, of course, Scott Briggs, Kate, that takes a bit of explaining. Yeah, well, I was trying to figure out how to explain who Scott Briggs is. I'll give it a go. Yeah. you might call him somewhat of an influencer in political circles. A, a mover and shaker is kind mm. of the words, I guess, that people use for these kind of people. They're a bit of a middleman. Very well connected. Yes. He's a former employee of Malcolm Turnbull. He ran Turnbull's campaign for the seat of Wentworth in 2003. He's a mate of Scott Morrison's. He was once Deputy State Director of the New South Wales Liberal Party. He's also part of a consortium to bid for a billion-dollar contract from Home Affairs to privatise Australia's visa processing system. Claire, he's a thing. He's a person. If you know anything about Liberal politics in New South Wales, his name would be quite we'll familiar yeah. to you. Um, these text messages between him and Pizzullo over years and years yeah, have long been time, five leaked. Years. They essentially show that Pizzullo is having very political conversations with him about the machinations of executive government. Why this is a problem, to really spell it out, is that the public service is supposed to be apolitical and independent. They yeah. have a code of conduct which outlines all of this. It says that they must maintain appropriate confidentiality about dealings that the employee has with any minister or minister's member of staff, Scott Briggs, Claire, is not a minister, nor is he staff. No, so there's issues around the conversations that he's actually having with Pizzullo. The messages really give you a sense. They're peppered about views on Liberal Party leadership, Mm. on ministers and their performances. Um, They're involved in discussions about the home affairs portfolio, so really the inner workings of what's happening right at the top of government. Um, That department didn't exist a lot of the time that these text messages cover, um, but they do cover some of the time and also discussions about who should lead the department and Prime Minister's coming and going. It's a whole period of time. There's no suggestion at all that any of this is actually illegal, but Mm. there are big questions about whether it is actually in that frame, as you say, of codes of conduct. Yeah, whether it's appropriate. The Age, the SMH and 60 Minutes did this joint investigation, we should point out. So most of the reporting is happening via those nine newspapers. Claire, 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 the obvious (laughs) question, harder to answer. Yes. Who leaked the messages and why? It's a really big question that I would love to know the <laughs> I answer want to. Know. to. Yeah. I think so many people would love to know the answer to that. Um, what they're saying is that they got the content from a third party who obtained them lawfully. Yeah. So, look, that only narrows it down to a couple of people. If you've got encrypted messages on a phone and you've got them lawfully, it. Who knows? I mean, we don't know the answer to this. The why seems to be to take down Pizzullo. Yeah. Um, that it seems fairly obvious that's the why. Yeah. I guess we just leave this one with a dot, dot, dot. Yeah, exactly. Lots of questions, lots of intrigue, a classic Canberra story. A classic Canberra story. Saga and scandal and, of course, that's why it's been such a big news story. Uh, moving on, I yeah. guess. Yeah. The Wallabies lost on Monday morning. Well, and I don't think anyone missed that they lost and I don't think anyone would have missed that you know, the performance wasn't great. 
the reason why we're pulling this one out is that it's the sort of the fallout from that. Mm. And the, the thing that was interesting was it wasn't directed at the team as much as the administration. No, if you're on the team, I guess you don't want pity but it feels like there's yeah, a bit of pity for them because the they're a young team. Yeah. No one's really blaming them. No one's saying that no one played, you know, as well as they possibly could be, mm. just that they were ill-equipped for the job of the World Cup. That's right. So the pylon has been very, very real, but the pylon has been on the administration. To understand why, you only have to look at the roster of administrators, mm. captains, coaches that have rotated through the rugby doors over the past years. In particular focus was the chair of Rugby Australia this week, Hamish McLennan. Big businessman. Yeah. Like much a big more figure. than rugby. Yeah. 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 Absolutely right. So uh, there's a, a sense that he is someone who is very well equipped to be well connected. Mm. But actually, when it comes to this very critical point in time, um, he made calls around sacking the coach, David Rennie and bringing back Eddie Jones, mm. big call because yeah. they weren't that far out from this World Cup. That appears to have spectacularly backfired. It seems that way. It seems that way. Uh, if you're a rugby fan or if you know a rugby fan, just go a bit easy on them because it's quite tumultuous. <laughs> it's fairly emotional at the moment. Go easy on rugby fans out there this week. Big pivot for the final story. You put this one on my radar. Mm. We're headed to North Korea, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And this is, look, we talked about this one in Squiz today a little bit in the news events when it happened. When it this happened. is about mm. the American soldier, Travis King. He is the guy who had been in a South Korean prison on a, an assault charge. He was in all sorts of trouble and he was being transported back to the US. Um, we're talking about him because in July he sort of absconded as he was on his so way tell the back story. to the US. Like set it up. So he's in trouble. He's 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 part of the military yep. in South Korea, the yep. American military. Yes. He gets in trouble. He gets detained in South Korea. Yes. That's not why we're talking about him though. They then escort him to the airport. Yes. They take him all the way to customs. Yes. They say, see you later, mate. Yep. And then he manages to escape from the airport or escape or just leaves the airport. <laughs> he joins a tour group. Yeah. He goes to the border of North and South Korea. Yeah. He sprints away from the tour group and runs across the border to North Korea. Yeah. It's quite something. <laughs> it is quite the <laughs> Claire's story. laughing. It's not funny, but it, it's kind of like, well, like whoa. Just the, the thought process going into I know how to get out of this. I'm not going home. Oh. Um, joining a tour group, heading across the border, and that's exactly what he did. So he's been in North Korea for a while. It's been quite a tense situation. Well, he, well, he was, I mean, and. It's probably clear, but in case it isn't, when he crossed the border, he was obviously caught and detained yeah. by North Korean officials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And what to do with him then? So the North Koreans made a bit of news and a song and dance out of the fact that he said that he was really troubled by, this is Private King, he was quite troubled by the inequality in America. So they made some, you know, runs out of that. Right. But what to do with him then? Because they didn't want to hang on to him. Yeah. And there's been ongoing discussions, certainly reading the coverage. It seems like they've been having very, very delicate discussions about getting him back. North Korea didn't want to hang on to him. They had to get him out using the Swedes who have a diplomatic presence in North Korea. Yeah. America doesn't. And Sweden actually brokered this deal to get him across the border to China and America has picked him up in China and sent him home. And I mean, if you're kind of wondering, well, why 
like, I mean, this is a, sort of a crass way to put it, but why bother with all of that? Of mm. course, North Korea and the US, uh, it's incredibly tense between the two. And of course, the US is responsible for their citizens, regardless of whether they voluntarily crossed a border or not. Um, the US has said to people in America, do not travel to North Korea. It's incredibly dangerous. We're actually banning you from doing so. Yeah. Um, but they still have an obligation to help him. He is an American citizen yeah. and he absolutely needs their help. And look, Everyone is saying that it's very good that he's heading yeah. home. They're very pleased to have him there, whether it's the White House or whether it's his family. Everyone seems very, very happy that he's back. Open questions. Why North Korea released him? We do not know. <laughs> Why he did this in the first place? We're not really sure. <laughs> so we've done our best with that story. It's more intrigue than answers. But there you go. <laughs> On to what's coming up. Kate, what's coming up this week? It's all about the footy finals. How good. Love the long weekend <laughs> in October. Um, and I thought, like, let's just be helpful. Let's pull together talking points for people. Because, I mean, not a lot of people will be across the AFL and the NRL grand finals and yeah. the NRLW and there's a whole lot going on. Let's start with the AFL because that's first, not because it's more important. <laughs> yeah, and chances are you've got someone in your life who's going to be watching, if not both, then certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, AFL is on this afternoon. We've got the Collingwood Magpies against the Brisbane Lions. Kickoff is at 2.30, just letting you know so you know when to put footy franks on. That's the <laughs> occasion you can have little Savoy sausages. I do love them. <laughs> they are quite They're delicious. delicious. <laughs> you can watch it on 7. It's being played at the MCG. Do people not know that? Well, you never know. Okay. <laughs> I saw you wrote that down and I was like, oh, I For feel being like... very thorough. No, that is very thorough. Collingwood is the favourite to win. When you go back into premiership history, and these are some talking points for the pre-game, the two teams played off in 2002 and the 2003 grand finals. The Lions beat the Pies both times. If you look at the betting odds, it looks like that Collingwood will win according mm. to the bookies, but there's not a great big margin. It's going to be a close one. Fingers crossed it is. There is nothing worse than an AFL final where the winner is the winner from the second goal. Like I you remember know the, that they're going I, to run away. I have like memories. I think it might have been 2014 grand final when the Swans got absolutely oh, yeah. troll. I was just yeah, so com bad. Completely run over. Yeah. yeah. They're long games, so it's a long time to be watching for the end. Let's hope it's close. So the Lions have beaten the Magpies in their last six games. So, yeah, it should be a close one. Um, the Lions also have this year's Brownlow medal winner, Lockie Neal. Yep. Pre-game entertainment, Claire, it's important. <laughs> oh, Mid-game mid entertainment, whatever, entertainment. Let's do it. Pre-game, pre I've got the giggles. Because <laughs> it's kiss? Because it's kiss. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much, but it's kiss. Who knew they were still a thing? Um, <laughs> Kate, Kate Miller-Heike, she's doing the national anthem. Oh, she's so good. The one I'm excited about, Mark Seymour, Hunters and Collectors, mm. he's doing the halftime performance with the undertow. Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat Robbie Williams from last year, though, yeah. if you remember. That was excellent. Yeah. Um, in case you're wondering, we haven't forgotten about the AFLW. The grand final will be held on the 3rd of December. It's not. We're sort of mid-season yeah. for the AFLW. On to rugby league. The men's and women's grand finals are on Sunday in Sydney. First up, the women, Channel 9 to tune in. Kickoff is 3.55pm. The Knights versus the Gold Coast Titans. The Knights are the favourites, and I thought I was going to go for mm. the Knights, Claire, but then I learnt hmm. that it's the first time the Titans have ever made a grand final for either the men's or the women's. So I've kind of got a soft spot for them now. Yeah, go the Titans. That's quite exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. It is. And look, when you come to the Titans' history, it's quite a turnaround because they were the wooden spooners in 2022. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a title that you really don't want. Um, <laughs> soft spot for them. 
blokes, though, that's going to be on Sunday night. So Penrith Panthers versus the Brisbane Broncos. Big weekend for Queensland. Huge weekend for Queensland. Panthers are the favourite. I reckon it'll be close, though, and I'm hoping it'll be close. Who do you want? You're an, you're a rusted-on oh, no. NRL fan. Well, Who- I just – look, I'm a South fan. I really love Adam Reynolds. He's yes. at the Broncos, so I, I would okay. like to see them get up, um, which sounds very strange for a New South Welshman to be going for a Queensland team. It's very hard. Oh. Um Pre-game entertainment is King Stingray. They're a rock band from northeast Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory and Tina Clare. Yeah. So Tina Turner, the musical, it's not Tina Turner herself no. because she died early this year, as you would remember. Um, a tribute to her, it's been 30 years since Tina Turner performed at the NRL Grand Final. Yeah, so I feel like even if, I mean, it's lovely that they're doing all these tributes yeah. to her because she was such a big part of the game and we've talked about that on Saturday Squiz before. But even if um, that wasn't the case, I'm sure they would have been doing something to mark that 30 years anyway. I would hope so. Yeah, that'll be really good. Claire, the other big event of the weekend, of course, is... Um, Daylight Savings kicking off? Yeah, kicking off New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, Tassie, the ACT, and not to forget Norfolk Island. Okay. That's happening. Um, It's very close to my heart because one of the very first squiz shortcuts that we did was on Daylight Savings. (laughs) And I remember how much you rolled your eyes at me that I was dedicated to doing this. You really like it. I knew that it would be relevant twice a year and here we are again. Here we are again. What was your favourite fact about Daylight Savings? I can't remember. It was a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) There was some really good information in that shortcut, but it was a very long time ago. Clocks forward an hour in case you need a reminder. I always get a bit confused. Yep. Um, there's a public holiday in New South Wales, the ACT, South Australia, and also Queensland on Monday, Tuesday, rates day. Rates day, first Tuesday of the month. Uh, interest rates day, it's going to be a big welcome for the new governor, Michelle Bullock. Wonder if she's a squizzer. We were wondering this. We were musing as to whether she might be a squizzer. Yeah. And you thought maybe... Well, maybe because Carol Schwartz, who is a big Squiz fan, and mm. we really love having Carol as a Squizzer, she's on the RBA board. So and you I'm think- <laughs> wondering whether they're, you know, when they're having a coffee break, whether maybe she tells me. Oh, I thought maybe us. agenda item number one: <laughs> sign up to the Squiz Today newsletter. I don't know that we're formally on the on the minutes. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be a bit of a worry. It would be great if she was a Squizzer. So yeah, she'll be making that decision. She'll be announcing it for the first time in her capacity as the governor. Um, the thing to note about that meeting and why it's sort of relevant, particularly this month, is that inflation was up in the monthly reading from four point nine percent to. 5.2% clear. Yeah, still far above where they want it to be. The mm. Reserve Bank wants it between 2 to 3%. So it's got to come down a bit. But what the experts say about this month's reading is that it's what they expected. Yeah. Surprises are the bad things. Okay. It was so, what they expected. So they reckon rates might stay where they are. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, something lighter. It's Fat Bear Week. Yeah, something heavier as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because they're at their fattest. Yes, exactly yeah, okay, right. right. <laughs> Fat Bear Week is just the best. Yeah. Claire, I discovered oh, this in my opinion. It's just so You were good. the first one. Oh, did, well, maybe you discovered it in Australia. Yeah, well, like, let's go for that, Let's claim. go for that, yeah. <laughs> yes, Katmai National Park, which is in Alaska, um, what they do is they take the bears, they've got pictures, you get to vote on who's the fattest bear of the park. Yeah. It's Lots of good fun. We'll put a link to that in your episode notes so you can check it out. No doubt it'll be in Squeeze today during the week. Let's move on. 
Before we get stuck into Squiz Recommends, Claire, like last week, we have a message from our advertiser Cash Rewards. We've been talking about the cost of living in the news recently. If you're feeling the squeeze, Cash Rewards could be able to help make your budget go a little further. Yeah, and that's because when you shop through their website or through their app, you can score cash back on your everyday purchases. So just to give you a ballpark figure, that could be as much as 20% of what you spend. So if you have go-to stores you always shop at, it could be worth checking if they're part of Cash Rewards. Groceries can eat up a big chunk of the budget, especially with kids in tow. So my tip is to scope out the meal delivery services that have deals. Oh, good one. Yep. Good advice. Uh, also, if you've got any bigger purchases on the horizon, like a barbecue for summer, that's a oh, good yeah. idea. Maybe a new vacuum cleaner. I know we have a cleaning theme through this podcast. That could be one of those things. There's often deals with these big brands, so it's a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, it's free to join. And if you sign up at cashrewards.com.au with the code SQUIZ and spend $20 within a week, you'll snag a $20 welcome bonus. We'll put all that info in your episode notes. On now to Squeeze Recommends. Squeeze Recommends, Claire, Apple TV, yep. The Supermodels. We both watched it. I've only watched the first episode. I watched the whole series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And? Oh, look, it's not the best documentary I've ever seen. <laughs> but We're recommending it. Don't <laughs> it's forget. It's a classic Squeeze <laughs> recommendation. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it though, I have yeah. to say. These four women, so we're talking about Christy Turlington, Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista and Naomi Campbell, supermodels. Yeah. Like, and the the genre setting kind of women who went from just pictures in a magazine and women on a catwalk to big personalities and big money makers. And and that's the story, isn't it? I mm. mean, I've only, as I said, watched the first episode, but it's about, I mean, the rise of the supermodel, like yeah. the actual moment where they became supermodels. And it gets into the flip side too. So the reaction to that was grunge. These mm. beautiful, beautiful women in high fashion then turned into grotty, grotty teenagers <laughs> and very, very thin women like Kate Moss who then took on yeah. this whole other persona. Um, the most interesting episode I thought was really their reflection in the last one about life now, where yeah. they were and where they are now. Um, some really interesting stories. So, I'll keep watching. Yeah, it's good. Wasn't as good as Hijack though, was it? Oh, I really enjoyed it <laughs> and I didn't want to enjoy it because there's so many flaws with it. <laughs> But Hijack, Idris Elba, it is a, what, six parts? I think, I think yeah, seven six parts. or eight episodes yeah. and it's on Apple TV as well. Yeah. So we just thought while you're there, while you're there. you want to watch a doco but then you really want to escape yeah. into something that is um, you can't, compelling. Com- very compelling. You can't, if it was a book, you wouldn't be able to put it down kind yeah. of vibes. Every episode. Yeah. I, mean, I think I watched four in a row because I was like, I can't stop. Um Idris Elba pretty, is one pretty of my, impressive. yeah, he's one of my most favourite actors for mystery and tense situations. Luther is one of my favourite all-time Yeah, seasons. you told me I needed to watch that. Yeah. Well, so there you good. go. Two Apple TV recommendations this week. They're very, very different. Get into them. Squeeze Press, Claire. Uh, we've got some exciting news. Bryce Corbett, who hosts our Squeeze Kids podcast, has received a Churchill fellowship this week. Yeah, so he's one of 104 Australians who have been awarded a fellowship. Uh, it provides grants to people who having a positive impact on Australia. So it's a huge achievement. We're very, very proud of him. Mm. Um, it's because of the work he's doing with Squiz Kids and media literacy. Yeah, it's all about equipping kids with the skills to be better at spotting misinformation and fake news online. It's something we're really passionate about here mm. at the Squiz. The fellowship will support Bryce to spend two months learning from the best in the world about 
about how to teach media literacy. Of course, we'll be using all that information in Newshounds, our media literacy program for primary school kids. Yeah, it's very exciting. We launched that, of course, in October last year. It's been going for almost 12 months. Um, We've had nearly 1,700 teachers and classrooms sign up for that. Watch this space for more. There's a lot more planned for news hounds. Guess while we're here, Claire. Yeah. The other thing Bryce is doing is a live show. Yes. I think we might have mentioned it before on the podcast, but we it's did. only two weeks away now. It's coming to Canberra on the 14th of October. So you can go and vote in the referendum, then take the kids to the show. Yes. It's being held at ANU. Bryce will be there, of course, performing yes. in his capacity as Squeeze Kids podcast host. They've got a scientist from Questacon. A space expert from ANU. There's a zookeeper going along and there's a dance-off. Yeah, there's a DJ. There's a DJ. <laughs> it's going to be great. And look, Bryce, if you know Bryce, he is a bit of a performer. Oh, he's brilliant. He's going to yeah. be in his element. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you live near Canberra, in Canberra, you know, I reckon a 100-kilometre radius yeah, around it's Canberra. it's worth travelling for. Absolutely. More than enough. Tickets, 29 bucks. There's a discount if you buy more than four. It's for primary school-aged kids, but you can bring the whole family. A link to all the details are in your episode notes. That's it for Saturday Squiz today. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week.